Welcome to another edition of Tech Post here on Limerick City Community Radio, brought to you in association with the Limerick Post newspaper. And don't forget, you can subscribe to all the podcasts from the Limerick Post. There's some uh, great podcasts there in the feed. So wherever you get your podcasts, and if you like what you hear, then please give us a rating and review five stars if possible. And I'm joined again by Dave, the Don O'Neill. Dave, good afternoon to you. How are you doing? Afternoon. Yeah, well, how are things, Dave? Oh, enjoying good, good, the, good. Enjoying the heat? No. No, yeah, I know. It's um Ah look, look, we won't be miserable about it. We don't get we don't get it often. No, we don't know. So we'll uh, yeah, we'll take it as it comes. Mm. So Dave, a bit more news about tech. We gotta cover what's been happening. Um interesting month. Summer is usually quiet, but there's um plenty to be going around at the moment, plenty of stuff happening. So Dave, if I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with um we had a few listener questions come into us. Mm. Um over the last few weeks. And uh, I want to uh, start off first one. Um, John was in touch and he asked about um, getting text from a video, as in the words that were being spoken in a video. So to actually get effectively like the subtitles in text. Um, so John was listening to a video and um, from his email, he said that he's hard of hearing. So sometimes it can be hard to actually get to catch what the person's saying, especially if they speak fast or might have an accent and want to know how to get the video. So there are a few options available. And the first one that I'm going to suggest uh, to John anyway, is that on lots of platforms, whether it's YouTube or uh, Facebook, there is an option for closed captions. And it's a little CC icon in the bottom of the video in the player controls area. And if that has been processed by something that will take the, the subtitles on it, when you press the CC button, that will show you the text as subtitles. Um, and it's particularly for people who are hard of hearing. So that is option one. Now, not every video is going to have that. But Dave, you might know a lot of videos, I think on Facebook particularly, seem to get processed by this automatically. So they yeah. have some artificial intelligence behind the scenes doing it. Well, that's it. I think YouTube does something similar, doesn't it? Um, yeah. It would be automatic. And depending mm. on the audio, how clear it's spoken, it yeah. might not be very accurate. Yeah. Now, I've, I've looked at some of the videos um, on both Facebook and uh, on YouTube recently. And what I find is that um, while it might get pretty 90% of the words, it can be the punctuation can be a bit off yeah. so somebody might be reciting something and uh the the um just just the, the pauses and the, the follow-on of words it can it can get that off at the time sometimes uh but so you're kind of you have to use your own intelligence at that stage then to know where where the breaks are, where the, where's the question or an exclamation or a comma that should be there. So that that's the first thing anyway, and that is the easiest solution to that one. Mm. So the second one then that I have done a bit of research on, and there is a website out there called Flixier, F-L-I-X-I-E-R dot com, right? And this website is, um, it's pretty good for actually like kind of uh, working on videos anyway. It's a video editor, but it also has the ability to actually do this subtitling for you. So there are a number of steps now. It, 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 there's kind of a, it, it's a paid for service, but you can get a free trial of it that 
will allow you do short videos. So if it was a longer video, if it was a really long video, then you'd have to subscribe to it. But if it's a if it's a small, quick, maybe like two minute video, and I tested this out and it actually worked pretty well actually it, it had the same issues as the, as the others um, the artificial intelligence captioning uh, that it would um, it would just give you kind of like certain bits that it might get wrong or might get a word wrong here or there depending on the type of word it is uh, more complex ones but anyway the idea is that you subscribe you sign up to Flixier and you go in and you upload the video um, if it's something that is say a YouTube video, you can put in the link to it. Okay, um, cool. So you just put in the URL in, in the, the link um, import part. Mm. Uh, it, it has a number of options in there for where it can get the video from online. Facebook was not one of them. All right, so what you'd have to do is maybe do a Google search for download Facebook video first and download it to your, to your local, use one of those third party tools to download the Facebook video, you put a URL in and it'll take the video out of it and, and download it for you. Uh, but then once you have that video locally, if it's coming from Facebook or if it's something that you had locally on your machine anyway, you can up upload that. And then I think it's under the audio tag or audio uh, tab on the right hand side. There's an area then to download hmm. the subtitles. Now you have, to, you have to give a bit of time to process. You have to let it process it. Um, it probably does it in almost real time. So if it was a two minute video, you'd have to wait the odd, roughly two minutes. And it will then give you two options where you can download it, but you can also download it without timeline. So it kind of, it can give you like different like SRT files, which you could be used if you were putting it into a media player or something. So it actually uh -huh. keeps the things in, in, in track with, with what you're playing in a media player. Um, things like VLC and Plex support that, these sure. SRT files. Um, but you can also download it with no timelines. And that gives you the raw text of it. So if you actually wanted just the text and uh, this listener, John, who emailed in, he was looking, it was, it was a poem that somebody was reciting. And so obviously you don't, you don't need any timelines with that. You just want to get the raw words. Now I will caveat this with what I was saying earlier on. Once you have it downloaded, you then need to look at it yourself and go in and fix what you think might be wrong because it will definitely get a few words and a bit of punctuation wrong. Yeah. But that is effectively... The, the two methods to get get subtitles and get a text file out of a video if you so needed to. Well, look, the future looks bright anyway, because AI is getting better and better. Correct. You know, so it's yeah. just a matter of time. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Hmm. Right. So uh, second listener question we got this month as well. And uh, Joe was on to me asking me about tagging somebody in your photos. So... If you're looking, I know, like, say, with my phone, um, it'll constantly bring me up suggested videos that it would make itself memories of the past or videos of this person over the years, that things like that. So it has to know, um, most people, anybody who use Facebook and everything, are used to tagging people in their photos. Yeah. All right. So you have to, it has to know a person's face so that it can recognize them across all different uh, photos you might have in your gallery. And I was, uh, Joe had asked me how to start getting that working in the phone um, and couldn't actually find uh, where to do it um, because it's actually, it's not as straightforward as you would think, right? So like, correct me if I'm wrong, in Facebook, it's basically just kind of 
tagging the person you're clicking on their their face in the image and you just tag who it might be in your friends list. Yeah, basically yeah. it brings up a little pop-up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So on the iPhone, I'm just going to explain on the iPhone here anyway, because this was uh, what Joe was using. So uh, on the iPhone, what if you're looking at an image, um, you can you can actually pull um, or you can actually kind of swipe up on the image. You you, <clears throat> you push the image upwards, and once you do that, it will then bring up like an area where you can caption it. It'll bring up what camera it was taken on, what kind of lens, what uh, where it was actually taken, um, the, the location, all the different information about the ISO on it, um, the f-stop, all the different things that are there about the actual details of the image. Mm. And um, I'm actually showing Dave as we talk here now just to see. So that image, I push up with my thumb and yeah. pushes the image up to the top and it gives all this information. And you can see there in the bottom left of the image, you can see a tiny little thumbnail, thumbnail comes yeah. up. Right. And if there are multiple people in the picture, then it will come up with multiple little thumbnails across the bottom left of the picture. And when you press on that, then it will then ask you, do you want to know at the moment it knows that like this one here is a picture of myself. So it actually says it shows me an option to show me all photos of myself. Mm -hmm. um, but if that is like you can see there at the bottom, Dave, it says this is not Shawnee. All right. So yeah. I can actually, uh, can actually untag myself on that if I wanted to, if it had the wrong picture, the wrong person, mm -hmm. um, uh, kind of automatically tagged on it. But if it's a new image and a new face, then you can pick that person from your contacts list. All right. So it brings up your contacts. You put in who it is on your contacts list. Mm -hmm. So if I had one of you there, I just pick and say that one is Dave. And then the phone will go off and actually start tagging you through all the photos that it finds that it thinks it knows of you. And I will have to say, from my experience, that's been pretty accurate, that it will scan the library and it will produce all those. And then actually after that, then it will produce the different things in the like uh, the album section. It will have like your um, your memories um, are the for you. So you can see there, Dave, I'm just showing you different things that it comes up like different people. Yeah. Um, it'll bring up times of the day or times of the, of the year kind mm -hmm. of thing. The places you might have been, trips abroad, that kind okay, of thing. Cool. And it'll also then bring up memories of those people. So that is how you do it on the iPhone. So Dave, do you know, is it something similar or is it as easy or harder or easier on Android? <laughs> I haven't the clue, haven't the foggiest. Oh. I've never tried it. Right, okay. I'm so, not that organized. <laughs> we will have to actually try that so we on will. Android, Dave, and see how far we get with it um, and mm -hmm. see. So I think next episode we might um, do a, a follow-up on this for listeners so uh, to see how easy it is to tag on Android because I would be interested to to know myself. Is it... Um, now, I wonder if the, yeah. all that facial data is stored on the voice or in the, uh, the cloud. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Um, I have... That's a good question. I yeah. have looked that up and I know for definite on the iPhone it is stored locally. Okay. All right. So yeah. that information is all processed on the yeah. phone. So I will actually go and um, well, do look. a bit more digging into this and finding out what it does um, and and what kind of. Uh, I was never worried there about. Is. Never worried about Apple. It's Google <laughs> and Facebook. Yeah. Now, <laughs> as well as that, you see, I. Like I know that when you're doing it on the PC, there's there's other ways of doing it as well of tagging, and I this is one something I have to do. I'm gonna to have to try this out and see mm. does that sync with my like my photos library on my Mac, as in 
if I tag someone on my phone, will the Mac now know that that's a person? Because if it does, then it's not strictly doing it on device. Then it's doing it on something, iCloud, yeah. Something has to be transferred across. Some bit of information has to be transferred between them. Okay. So I will have to... Well, that's your assignment. So mine okay. is Android, yours is yes, cross-syncing. Right. Exactly, exactly. All right. So that's the listener questions. And I'm just going to remind people, if you do have any queries on tech or how to do things, or if you want us to look up some products for you or give you information, or if you're having any technical issues, then please email techpost at limerickpost.ie and we will look into it and get back to you and uh, we'll uh, do all our research and find out. So uh, thanks to John and Joe there for those questions there. Right, Dave, let's move along. Tech in the last month. Right, the one that has the, the this is the gift that keeps giving for the last few months. Elon Musk <laughs> and Twitter. <laughs> right, I, I think knew you knew it. this was coming. Yeah, yeah. this was a course that had to, had to be coming. Oh God! Okay, we've we've been talking about this over the last few months. Elon Musk wanted to buy yeah. Twitter. He put out his bid for it. His yeah. forty-four billion dollar bid for it. He uh, there was the board had to accept. Well, they didn't have to accept it, but they did accept it because they'd probably open themselves up to lawsuits if they didn't. Um, it was obviously well above market share of the of the the or market value of the share price at the time. And then once. Um, once he had made his bid, like he'd given all different things about what he was going to do with Twitter, including uh, one suggestion that he wanted to turn the HQ into a homeless shelter because staff weren't coming in. Um, <laughs> that was part of the most more ludicrous ones, how to monetize Twitter, etc. And then he made a demand wanting to know about what was the um, amount of spam accounts on the on the Twitter platform. Hmm. And part of that was actually saying that if it was more than a certain percent, then he wanted a discount on the deal. He had said that Twitter weren't releasing that information. And now he has filed to completely walk away from his bid for buying Twitter. <laughs> Couldn't see that one coming. Yeah, exactly. I think in the last two months, Dave, um, when we've been talking about this, mm. in each episode, we actually both agreed that this was not going to go ahead anyway. I think he was always looking for a way out, really. It seemed so. It seemed yeah. so, yeah. Whatever his long-term end game, we don't know, but... Um, I think he likes to stir it, and he certainly mm. did. But this stir seemed to, to me, it's like the stir is a very expensive stir because if he bought that much, um, like he what, but bought nearly 15% of, of shares. Was that 9% uh, or was it 15? Oh, maybe it was 9. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. So he still has yeah. his chunk. Like, yeah. you know, that's the but thing. Yeah. What he bought him at, then the share price tumbled. So like, yeah, yeah it kind of tumbled down. But and he knows markets. He'll, they'll go back they'll up. They'll go back up. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it. yeah, it's look, um, Twitter are saying now that they're going to um, they have I uh, think take him or file a lawsuit mm-hmm. against him. There was supposed to be a one billion charge for backing <laughs> out of a, a deal. This is I think that's an SEC ruling, but he's uh, contesting that, saying that they didn't respond to his requests. Yeah, yeah, they're now going to take him to court over that, which seems to me like he's got he's in a win-win situation because if they had responded to him and said, okay, here's the amount of bots we have on the spam bots we have on our network. Then he'd have that information. For them now to actually like take a court case against him over mm. the pulling out of the deal, surely as part of that, they're going to have to release that information. Yeah. So now they're going to have to release that information anyway. 
So I don't know. It's, yeah, well, yeah. it depends if it's subpoenaed or not. But um, mm. what I reckon is going to happen is he's going to have to pay up something. I don't think he's going to get away with zero, you know? Yeah, he probably will have to come up with something. But I doubt they're going to, you know, find him the full one billion or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So look, we'll, the, again, we'll get another episode out of this. There's <laughs> yeah. more to come on this never ending story. So he's looking got enough money to, to, you know, he really does. He, if he's enjoying yeah. this, let him have it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, that is the update on Elon Musk and Twitter. Tune in again next month <laughs> for the ongoing saga. Oh, so, uh, right. Okay. So that, that's, uh, that's basically it. There's, uh, not much more to say on him. Uh, right. Let's move along, Dave. And, um, here's an interesting one. I don't know if you saw this in the last few weeks and, um, have you ever used Chrome OS, Dave? I have never used Chrome OS. All right, okay. Neither have I. I've never actually held a Chromebook. Nope. I've never delved into it. I've seen it used in videos, yeah. but I've never actually had it myself and put my hands on it and check. And to me, what it sounds like, it's just really like a Chrome web browser. Yeah, basically, yeah. it's 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 a very limited OS. You know, yeah. there's not much. You can do so, with for it. anybody who doesn't know, right? Um, Google have this thing called a Chromebook, and it's got their own operating system on it. And their whole premise behind it is that it's cloud-based computing, as such. Really, um, if you if you if you if, if such a thing is <laughs> well, yeah. anyway, look, it it doesn't do any kind of on storage. It's a protected OS, so it's not going to be as vulnerable to to viruses malware and, and malware all, yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, so because pretty much everything you do is online with it. So your document storage would be online, not on device. Um, it's geared around doing everything through the browser. So Google Docs online, uh, Google spreadsheets, all those kind of things. So, um, and doing mm. everything through the browser and doing Gmail through the browser. So your mail is everything. So you're not really doing much or storing much. I, I'm not sure whether it even runs local apps. Will it run like Android apps on it or anything like that? I think it might, but don't yeah. quote me on it. All right. Okay. So it's it's kind of a a lightweight OS yeah. as such, really. And it, look, there, it would have its places, as in the the whole idea nowadays of of like when you go back to when like Windows had ninety eight eight percent of the market share kind of thing, um, and everything that if you were buying a PC in the morning, you you really had to have Windows because for compatibility reasons, whatever it's place that you might work or uh, go to school or something like that, that you had to have it for to get the apps on it. So nowadays, I think most people who use computers now or even like starting out with computers or even long-term usage, usage of computers, the OS and the platform is not really that important anymore. It's really down to personal preference because whether you're using a Windows machine, a Mac, an iPhone, an, uh, an Android tablet, an iPad, there's so many options out there that you really just want it for the case that you want to do, whether it's browsing, email, video consumption, Twitter, any of the social medias, anything like that. So the, the OS isn't that important to people anymore, right? Unless you have a specific reason for it. But for general consumption um, and general work, it doesn't really matter. And Chrome OS fits into that as well, because some people like the lightweight Chromebooks and just the fact that 
it's like kind of it's it's like one of these tablets it's instant on and away you go and you don't have to be worrying about downloading stuff and protection yeah. and malware and antivirus and everything i believe so, it's uh, a lot of kids or parents are buying it for kids at least stateside anyway for school yes yes yeah. indeed yes they are yeah yeah there is a there, it would have a good market share there anyway right mm. so where i'm leading to the, with this is uh google have now announced chrome os flex right is now available to run on older devices well mm. obviously newer ones if you want as well but it means that now for the first time you can actually download the chrome os having it run on older intel machines so if you had because it's a lightweight os as such really it doesn't have to have all the 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 the, the bloat of other operating systems because it doesn't need to be doing so much on device you can now if you had an older laptop, an old Mac laptop or an Intel laptop or um, Dell, any, any, any one of the Wintel ones. And if it won't run Windows 10 or 11. Um, or does so poorly. Or, yes, or, yeah, it could be so slow. Or it doesn't run the latest Mac OS. Uh, you might be three or four versions back or even, even one or two versions back that you're not getting the security updates anymore on it. You can now download Google Chrome OS and install that on your older device. And that means that you basically give a new lease of life to older hardware that the hardware might be like, might be perfect. Because I know myself, like, for just to give an example, the laptop that I use on a nearly daily basis is seven years old. Mm -hmm. Come this October or November, when they, lease, when they release the latest Mac OS, my laptop won't support it. So effectively like the, you, you'll get security updates for the current os for probably another year or so after that then that's that machine effectively it's it's still a good machine it works perfectly it's light it has a lovely screen on it good battery life it does all the bits and pieces i want but for me, if it's not getting security updates anymore, you're just leaving yourself open to vulnerability for some sort of attack that might um, come down the road. And to then be able to say for those older machines that you could just go and install Google OS Flex onto it, you now have a current operating system that's supported, that's going to get its updates, and your machine is back to life. And here's a top tech tip as well, right? Think about it this way. It's just coming to my head. Like mm -hmm. parents buying these Chromebooks for their kids. Have you seen the price of these things? They're not that cheap. At least like, you know, you yeah. Can, yeah, you can spend well over a grand on a Chromebook. Oh, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you have an aging laptop and you want to get a new one for yourself, uh, yeah. but it's still okay. Yeah. And you got a school age kid. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah, exactly. You can, it can be very easily just like kind of, the, the media consumption, the YouTube consumption device mm -hmm. in the household. And because it's a much lighter operating system, it will probably run Chrome OS a little bit faster than it would Windows or whatever yes. else is on it. Yes, so exactly. It, yeah. So the, the hardware is probably spec'd out okay mm -hmm. to run it. So if you have something, a machine that you're not using anymore, it probably might have Windows 7 or Windows 8 or something on it, and it's not being used anymore because it's just that bit out of date, then go and download Chrome OS Flex, F-L-E-X. And um, so far, Google have actually approved 295 devices. Holy moly. Right, which is like, it's, it's, it's a pretty, like mm. the fact that they've actually gone and actually certified 
these devices from like Acer, Apple, Asus, Dell, HP, uh, Lenovo, LG, Microsoft, uh, Toshiba. So there's a whole list of these devices, and you, you can you can just just Google it. Just look up Chrome OS Flex supported devices in in your search engine, and it'll give you a page that you can go in and see is your model certified. Um, now, just because it isn't doesn't mean it won't exactly, work. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It may not be listed on this, but chances are, if it's a standard kit. It'll probably yeah. support you. You may end up say with something whereby the Bluetooth or the Ethernet port isn't supported or something like that. But apparently, the MacBook 2014 doesn't uh, have a, a supported webcam. Oh yes, like exactly. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So it could, it could yeah. be just because of and and chances are drivers will come along for those at some stage as well. It could get fixed. Yeah, yeah. You yeah might it be could right. get. Yeah, so. The effect really the I suppose the end line on this is really that a nice lightweight operating system mm -hmm. that's supported by one of the big companies. So you're going, you know, you're going to get security updates. The option, the other options are with other hardware anyway, if you have older hardware, and I've done this a number of times as well, is to download a version of Linux. So you've mm -hmm. got like Mint Linux, I got it. Uh, there's a few options you can get, CentOS, yeah. different ones that you can download and bring an old hardware, piece of hardware back to life. I've done that in the past for different people, for students, um, gotten them a version of Linux. And again, they didn't mind what operating system it was. They, like, it, it didn't matter. As long as they could go in, get on the web, watch videos, uh, get on social media on it, and do all their, their bits and pieces of coursework, which 99% of it is web-based anyway, didn't matter what operating system it was. And the, the machine, this machine that really was creaking under Windows was suddenly back to life as a fully fledged machine that was fully supported and working at a very nice pace. So it brought aging machine back to life. Yeah. But again, Linux might not be for some people. It can be a bit daunting to go and get the downloader and get it installed. Uh, you'd have to have a small bit of tech knowledge to be able to go through it. Well, to be fair, you got to mm. do that with Chrome OS Flex as well. Yeah. Uh, you got to put on a, on a USB key and boot yeah. from that key, et cetera, et cetera. That's so true. Yeah. So of knowledge. Involved. Yeah. You still, you still have, yeah, you still have to have some bit of tech knowledge. Yeah. But, um, I would hope that a lot of people listening to the show would have a small bit of technology and or tech know somebody who does. Yes, know somebody who does, and I'm sure maybe you can email us in yeah, techpost@limerickpost.ie yeah. if you run into any problems trying it. Uh, let us know, and that's what we're here for to help out and uh, give you a bit of tips and advice on any of that. So techpost@limerickpost.ie. Okay, Dave. Uh, let's move along to the next one and. I'm going to talk a small bit about Amazon now. Oh, okay. So the first question I have, right? Uh, we'll we'll start on an, we'll start on an up with Amazon, right? Um, okay, go before, on. Before we get on to uh, the 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 risky business of data sharing, right? Amazon Prime Day was about two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and when they say Amazon Prime Day, it runs over two days. And then sometimes it extends longer with certain uh, suppliers. They extend the deals. So the first question I have, Dave, and I think you know what's coming here is, what did you buy for Amazon Prime Day? Cables. Cables. And a filtering jug. A filtering Oh, God. Look, yeah. I wasn't, I'm not all for the hype. You know, right, I don't okay. do that. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> 
cables, as in like just general connectivity cables for your Mic cables, audio cables, yeah, audio cables. What okay, else? yeah, exactly. To use on the radio kit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, and did you get some good deals? You know what? Uh, yeah, there's a bit off um, some of them, um, up to about 30% in some cases. But I did peruse the, the site anyway, in case something really tickled my fancy. And there were some good deals to be had, like there yes. was. Now, I, I did say I spent a bit of time over the two days looking at the deals that were on there. There was, there was great deals to be had, right? There was really good deals mm -hmm. if you were interested in that product. So I wasn't looking for those products, but I was just searching to Same see yeah. what kind of deals there were. But I did actually buy some tech, some oh, tech yeah? kit. Yeah. What'd you get? So this is, uh, I suppose we could count this really as a, as a product review as well. So there is a smart home manufacturer called Acara. They, they have a number of different smart home devices. And what I got was the Acara uh, camera. So they have a, a security camera and I think it's the one I got was the G2H Pro. And the reason I got that one is because it includes a hub. Now, uh, anybody who's into smart homes knows that many devices that you get need a hub to be able to communicate to the hub to run. Uh, there's, there's some devices that will just connect to your Wi-Fi and run if they can and if you can control them through an app on your phone. Some devices, uh, say like the Philips Hue lineup, you need a hub and then the, the bulbs talk to the hub, which talks to your network and your app. So depending on what the devices are, many of them need a hub. Because this camera had a built-in hub into it, that's why I got it. So it's one device that does two different things. It's the ca security camera and uh, a hub all in one. So I don't have to have two things plugged in at the one time. And because that then acts as the Acara hub, I can then link devices in the home to it. So what I ended up buying was two water leak sensors and a contact sensor. So the water leak sensors, one is above in my attic now, and one is underneath the washing machine. And they're, they're effectively like kind of they're probably just smaller than like headphones and uh, not, not, not ear, earbuds, just like normal headphones. They're a small bit smaller than that. Uh, so maybe about two inches in diameter, um, and a flat bottom on it. And you put it down, there's two little metal contacts that are below and you just put it down on a flat surface. If water comes underneath it and it goes between two metal contacts, it says, but obviously that creates the loop on, on electricity. And now it knows that there's a water leak and it will alert you. So it alerts okay. you to your phone. Um, you can do, you can run different scenes and um, automations and everything based on that. Uh, one of the extreme ones I, I read up on was somebody also had gotten a, a smart valve onto their water uh, inlet into their house. So the pipe coming in, mm -hmm. uh, they got a smart valve, which meant that if the water leak sensor detected a water leak, it would shut off the valve automatically. Oh. Which I thought was great. Yeah. So that's something for me maybe down the line. But as it is at the moment, I now have two water leak sensors in the house. So if uh, something leaks in the, the tank in the attic, if that overflows ever, or if uh, there was a pipe leak or a leak in the washing machine and the dishwasher in the back room, then I will get an alert to my phone straight away. 
Okay, um, cool. And everybody in the house will get an alert to their phone. And I actually tested this out. I actually did put it in water to test it out. Mm. And you do get a like a critical alert on your phone, uh, which was great because it's something that it, people don't really think about this until after it happens when the ceiling has caved in and, yeah, uh, yeah, and all true. your all your uh, your clothes in your wardrobe are ruined or the wall is ruined or your bed is ruined, that kind of thing. And it would happen usually when you're away. You're out of the house, maybe gone on holidays or something like that. So uh, now that I have it, it's just a small bit of peace of mind. And they were cheap. They're only about maybe 15 euros each or something oh, like that. All right. So they were quite cheap. But I also got a, a motion sensor as well. and Or not a motion sensor, a contact sensor. And mm. this would work the same as the contact sensors on your windows or your doors for your alarm. It's battery operated. Um, I have to say as well, the water leak sensors are battery operated as well. Just a little slot at the bottom where you can just put in like one of these watch batteries. Those kind of like, mm. you know, the small little button batteries. Uh, so you can replace that. The predicted lifespan is definitely over a year on them anyway. So I don't have to worry about that. If, if it was going, if it was kind of like a month, then I wouldn't bother. But the fact that you can put something there and in a year's time, just put in. Some people have reported they've gotten longer, yeah. 18 months, maybe two years. And a lot of that is to do with the distance it would be from the hub. So the harder it has to work to communicate with low signal, that kind of low signal Wi-Fi, uh, I would say that chews up the battery a bit more. So um, the contact center is the same as well. Uh, obviously a little battery inside in the main part and it works by magnetism to the other part, uh, sticky back on it. So you just stick these onto a door. You could put them onto um, anything really, anything that you might uh, think of that, that might open. If you had something like say a shed door in your out in your back garden, if you had something that shouldn't leave the area, anything at all, you can really put this down. So if you had something in the back that you might be afraid of that could get robbed, even your bicycle if you wanted to, you could put one side of the contact sensor onto your bike and lean it up against something like uh, have the other side wherever you park your bike. Yeah. The other side would could be against the wall. And as long as the bike is there, it registers as closed because there are two of them right beside each other. Somebody moves the bike, then you're going to get an alert to your phone to say this has opened. So you can run different things based on that as well. So you can run certain alerts or turn on lights based on it. So if you had something out the back that shouldn't be moved, then the very second it does get moved, you can have like your back light come on. You can have all lights in the house come on. You can have certain things happening through all your routines and scenes. Here to be Jays ahead of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So I've tried these out and they work absolutely perfect. Um, I, I'm giving a car a thumb two thumbs up on this uh, five right. star review. Uh, very easy to set up in the smart home. Uh, very easy to get the whole thing linked and get going. Uh, so I really, really like this. And I think I'll probably be buying a bit more uh, smart, uh, Cara smart home stuff. They have a number of products. They have motion sensors, they have curtain drivers. So you can put it like on a curtain rail to <laughs> automatically uh, open and close. Um, well, and when it does that, Clappers, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they have loads of different products anyway that you can you can get. They have air quality sensors. Uh, they've got the, the as, I said, as I mentioned earlier on, the cameras. 
And mm. I'm just confirming here, actually, it was the G2H Pro is the one that I got, which is the one that has the built-in hub. They have lights, they have door locks, everything like that. So you can go and look at that, acara.com, or go onto Amazon. So that was Amazon Prime Day. Uh, so that was the bits and pieces that I got and nice. my review of them, because they were quite good and I'm very, very happy on them. Right. So great to get the deals on Amazon Prime days. Yeah. <laughs> right. So let's move on to a small bit of um, bad news about Amazon. So the first thing is Amazon is being investigated by the UK's Competition and Markets Authority has opened up an investigation to Amazon for allegedly misusing sellers data to unfairly advantage its own business. Right, so it's real anti-competitive stuff. Oh yeah. Now I've heard of this before. Same. Right, whereby somebody comes up with a nice product. Um, mm-hmm. Let's let's say it's like a really cool suitcase, and Amazon it becomes a top seller on Amazon. Amazon then will basically copy and get it made cheaply elsewhere. Yeah. and sell it under its own brand. Amazon Basics or something like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And they, they've denied this, but yeah, it's plenty of times denied it. Yeah. But now the actual, the UK's CMA has opened up an investigation into this, um, that they're using the information to gain an unfair advantage for its own retail arm. So that's going to be interesting on how that transpires, because mm. I think this is the first time that there's an official investigation, especially this side of the, the world anyway in the EU. That's the first bit of bad news about <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> there's more. All right, yes. The second bit, this doesn't affect us directly over here, but I'm going to caveat that with a big star that says yet. Okay. <laughs> right. So Amazon um, bought the Ring doorbell. Uh, they, they were an independent company, Ring, and Amazon bought them a couple of years ago. And if you've noticed, there has been so many deals whereby you buy this on Amazon and get a ring for half price, buy this security thing or buy this alarm from this alarm company and get a free ring doorbell. And there's a lot of companies over here doing that as well, over on the side of the world. Yeah. yeah. Buy our alarm, get a free ring doorbell. Uh, so these things have saturated the market. Mm. And there's... I would say a lot more in, in the US probably than, than the EU, but we're catching up. The sales of them over here has gone up dramatically. And they have a number of features in them, like kind of, I, I'm not sure if it's been enabled over here in the EU yet, but this whole thing of kind of neighborhood watch with all the ring doorbells kind of watching the neighborhood together so that there's information sharing between oh. them. Interesting. Um, yeah. At, it's come out now that Amazon have been giving the US police departments footage from ring doorbells without the user's permission, without the owner's Oof. permission, right? So the police department will come along and say, something happened in your street the other night and Amazon will say, okay, yeah, here's a video footage from the four ring doorbells that are on that street. So now some people will say, well, isn't that a good thing if you're trying to catch criminals that the footage is there? But it's a dangerous thing. It's, it's a good thing to be able to do this but you kind of need to ask, can you do it? It's, well, better, yeah. it's better that permission is given for this information because they're given over, it's, it's video footage that came from your device. That's correct, yes. Yeah. Unless, mm. of course, a judge has ruled that it can be like a warrant, but uh, yeah. other than that? Yeah. Uh, now, 
there was, uh, if you remember a couple of years ago, and I think we reported it on it on the show a couple of years ago about, um, there was uh, rumors about uh, Ring, the call center. Oh, yeah. Was um, being used that people had complete access to video footage and mm-hmm. live video footage as well. Um, or, or cloud uploaded video footage as well from the ring doorbells. And what they were doing is if they had a contact in that location, they would then tip them off as to when the last person has left the house and an Amazon package had come to the door mm. um, or any kind of delivery had come to the door and somebody would tip them off and say, that house is empty and there's something on the door and somebody drive by, pick it up and gone. So that was, that came out a couple of years ago anyway, but the fact this is there now and that you've got uh, ring footage being given to police departments without user's permission. Ah, uh, it's a dangerous line. It's a dangerous route to go down. Very, Strike very two. dangerous. Yeah. So yeah. like the, these things are all over the place and they're capturing video and audio. There, There, there is also a bit of kind of uh, investigation into what's happening with the audio and uh, that it's being captured as well. Are Amazon using that for their own purposes as well? There's going to be there's going to be a bit, a bit more uh, a bit more yeah you know, uh, investigation into this and find out what's happening. Ceases to amaze me. Mm. You know when these companies do that, that they must know at some point they're going to get caught. It's going to come out. You can't well, get away with it forever. Well, if you're making enough money, you're going to take a chance on it. <sighs> uh. <laughs> well, the fines need to go up then. Yeah, true, true. I will, uh, I will, I will agree with that. They need to, something needs to happen anyway to yeah. stop them doing that. Okay, and the last thing on Amazon, uh, I'll just throw this in as a side: is Amazon are actually uh, suing Facebook groups at the moment over fake reviews. Oh, so we've all known that there's fake reviews online at the moment. Yeah. There's all there's loads of them, and uh, it just came out there during the week as well that Amazon are targeting certain Facebook groups. Um, the members of them or the, the, the people behind them. Somebody had said to me that they were, uh, when I when I first got alerted to this, somebody sent me a report saying that Amazon were suing Facebook, but they're not. It, uh, when I read into it, it's actually the members of these Facebook groups are trying to get access to their information to find out and take them to court over the fact that there's so many fake reviews on products, uh, which are trying to garner the system to get different products up to the top as the most recommended and highly reviewed, which will drive their sales because they get recommended through the algorithm again as well. Right. Now, at some stage in the future, actually, we're going to do a special show on on smart home stuff. Okay. So I'm going to do, um, and I think Stephen from the station here might actually join in on this with us, uh, with us on that. I do want to go through all that, all the the benefits of smart home and what you need to know. We kind of touched loosely earlier on about needing a hub for devices and things. So I need to go through all that and kind of what are the best devices or what are your options with the likes of the um, Amazon Smart Home, the Google Smart Home, the Apple Smart Home uh, Mm. devices. What is going to be coming on that? Uh, We've talked in the past about Matter and stuff. So I do think we should dedicate an episode to smart home stuff because I do get a lot of questions about that yeah. anyway personally. So I fully agree, and I'll, I'll tell you why as well, right? Because mm. it's such a minefield. Uh, there's yes. so much out there, so many different standards, so much. Mm-hmm. Like if, if if this is your first time going into it, yeah, you know, you want to turn your home into a smart home. You really should ask someone who's done it. Yes, 
Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So that will be the call out to listeners as well, mm. that uh, knowing that we're going to be doing a special on smart homes, get your questions into us here. Uh, email techpost at limerickpost.ie and uh, let us know what you're, what you're planning on doing or what you want to achieve. And we will do a bit of a special on, uh, on smart homes awesome. in, in the next month or two. Anyway, that's the, the future plans. Nice. Right. Okay, Dave, uh, I'm going to move along now to Netflix. Netflix are losing subscribers and yeah. their share price is tumbling down uh, yeah. rapidly at the moment. And they're giving uh, earnings warnings, etc. Mm-hmm. They've they've lost a, a I think it's a couple of million subscribers over the last couple of quarters. Yeah, um, more than they thought. And mm-hmm. um, okay, a lot of it has to be down to some of the sanctions in the Eastern Europe at the moment with the political. Uh, Conflict that's well, going on over there. Russia. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. So um, on top of that, right? So the the big thing that, that I've heard about Netflix over the last few days is that they're considering an ad support tier. They are. Which, which if you remember, they're the head of uh, I can't remember his name now, but the head of of, of Netflix itself came out a couple of years ago and said, "We don't need to do ad supported." Yeah. Uh, we have. Like, they used to be against it. You're yeah. right. Yeah. So they're doing a bit of a U-turn on this now. And they're talking about an ad supported tier and they're obviously doing their market research into this. I have a few, um, a few thoughts on this, uh, cause they're, they're, they also want to restrict account sharing. They're saying that accounts oh, yeah. for a huge problem in, in their network and they, they're, they're trying to clamp down on all this. And in the meantime, they keep up in their prices. They do. And you know, Netflix used to be the good guys. They used to say, yeah, share your password. Yeah. You know, they used to encourage it. Yeah. So they're they're also talking about a house sharing uh, (laughs) plan as well. (laughs) So that that they can actually charge you. So if, if whatever it is, seven, eight, nine quid a month for, well, actually, I think the base one is now probably about 11 or 12 quid a month, I think. Uh, It's about Uh, 10, I think. Yeah. Yeah, There is a a low one. The non-HD one. The non-HD, which is like, God Almighty, be like watching video from 1987. Yeah. Um, it's really bad quality. And that's probably, I think, about six or seven quid a month. It used um, to be. Not anymore. It's mm. not. It's gone up. Yeah. Oh, so, it? Yeah, so yeah. yeah. So they keep on upping their prices. Mm. And I think they're at the point now, like, I think they've gone too far because they've gone, they've upped and upped and upped and upped and up the whole time. They have. And, and I think this is like, are they not looking at the numbers and kind of saying, maybe we've gone too far on the pricing? Yeah. And mm. but look, there's a few factors here, right? Um, Choice. There's so much of it, right? Correct. For one thing, and some of them are cheaper. Hulu is a lot cheaper. The ad support plan of Hulu is like five bucks, and you could just whip up an an ad blocker in your browser, and you see no ads. Yeah. Now the other thing is, cost of living has gone up tremendously Tremendously over the last while. Yeah. And because, as you just said, Netflix is constantly raising your prices, and Mm. the bad sentiment and stuff like that. Yeah, it's not hard People to figure out. People will be looking at the different streaming plans they mm-hmm. have, and will be deciding to cut some of those and right. say, "Okay, what can we live without?" Yeah, um, and and it's down to kind of the show release schedule. If you notice that uh, most of them don't allow you. They don't drop the entire season at once now, so you can binge the whole lot in a day. Mm. It's it's per a week, an episode per week now, which is to try and keep you hooked into it yeah, no, for longer. No, let me let me. Uh, okay, Netflix still do that, but only mm. when it's their stuff. Like, but let's say for a show like Better Call Saul, which is AMC, and yeah. they're just 
they yeah. have some rights to it. They yeah. have to do it week by week. But yeah. for their own stuff, they will still drop it all in one go, I believe. Well, I don't think they did with Stranger Things now. Oh, did they not? Um, I think that was, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I don't think they, mm, well, okay. actually, do you know what they did on that? They split it into two volumes. Oh. So you got the first volume and then you had to wait a couple of months for the second volume to come out or the second, the ah, second half of I the season. You. I get you. And they did that really weird as well because the, the, like the last two shows were kind of like an hour and a half or two hours each long and they just mm. did it in two shows. And I'm like, well, why didn't you split that over to four, over like the yeah. four 45 minute episodes? Um, like you did before kind of thing. I don't know. It just, it was a weird way of doing it. Maybe they're just testing to see what works better for them. Yeah, and there's nothing Um, wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. But like to me, you mentioned there Hulu with their ad supported tier. Mm. And I I think of it in terms of like, it's a bit gouging. If you're going to have an ad supported tier, Mm. that's like watching a TV channel. There's going to be ads. So why are you charging me to watch ads? If you're going to get paid for advertising, Netflix mm-hmm. going to get paid for the, for showing the ads to me, then why am I paying you to also watch the ads? Well, All right. An ad supported tier, if it's going to be ad supported, surely it should be free okay. because they're making money off the ads. Well, IMD, IMDB TV does that. Uh, mm-hmm. If you can get yourself on a US IP address, you can get over there and watch plenty of ads during the shows. But yeah. um, no, look, it's, it's down to um, not just the, the ads, um, but the fact that, like, if you if you think about broadcast TV, you don't have the same flexibility. You don't have the amount of choice. Yeah. So paying like five bucks per month, and it shouldn't really be more than that. Like, it shouldn't be more shouldn't, than five or six. Definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. Uh, then that's not too bad. It's not too bad. Yeah. But um, with Netflix now, what I heard is now I don't know what the pricing is going to be like, but I heard that some content won't be available. So ah. they'll, so it will only be licensed for people who don't have the ad plan, apparently. Ah. Right. So there okay. you go. So to get some of their premium shows, well, I don't know. You'd if have it to go be, on to the higher. Well, plan. See, here's the thing: maybe they won't do it for their shows. Maybe they'll do it for the more big ticket items from other channels. Or All right. Okay, maybe, yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. Um, my advice to Netflix is stop upping your prices all the time. It's crazy. Yeah. Because I think you've gone past the tipping point. You have. Um, also, this this crackdown on on um, account sharing. Account sharing happens. It's going to it's going to happen all the time anyway. And as 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 you said earlier on, they promoted this and kind of encouraged it in the early days. Yeah. Um. And I personally believe, and I've seen kind of anecdotal evidence of this as well, that if you stopped account sharing, there are a number of people out there, and I would say it's not an insignificant number, who continue to pay each month simply because they are account sharing. So. If you had, I'm doing it. Yeah. So if you had an account, mm-hmm. right, and you knew that somebody else in your family that you've shared it with, mm-hmm. they also watch it. Chances are you're not going to cancel it because then it cancels it for them too. That's, right? that's correct. So I was on the brink of canceling it there a few months ago and um, my folks use it. Yeah. So I said, look, I'll continue paying for it. So yeah. So yeah. they're keeping you as a customer yeah. simply because, and I would say there is a lot of people in that scenario that are not cancelling it mm-hmm. simply because the other member of the house is actually still using it. Yeah. Or not in the other house, should we say, the yeah, external exactly. account exactly. is still using it. And you're getting value out of the fact that two people are using it. So, so you could either yeah. lose, like, you could either take revenue from one person or zero people. Zero, yeah. Because yeah. chances are, if you did cancel it, the other household won't subscribe. That's Because they're not subscribed already, so they're not going to add a cost to themselves. Yeah. They'll just do it out. And 
maybe it'll be the type of thing that people subscribe for a month over Christmas, mm-hmm. binge watch all the shows that they need that they missed during the year. Yeah. And then unsubscribe, do that maybe twice a year. So you're getting two months revenue out of them. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are going to do that as well, simply because the cost is going up. So advice to Amazon is, uh, or not Netflix. Amazon, sorry, Netflix, yeah. God, already, is review what you're doing. Go backwards, go back a couple of years and go back to what you were doing before because that was working. Mm-hmm. And this was. The, the, the price gouging now is not working. Look at the trends, look at what you've done. You've changed this and now the subscribers yeah. are pushing back. Yeah. So reverse. Reverse the back, watch you, what you, you had. You know they're scratching and, their heads thinking, oh, why is this happening? Yeah. And instead of looking at ad supported mm-hmm. tiers, which obviously there's a huge cost in implementing that, like the, oh, the, yeah. the technology behind all that. Oh, they've got that which, covered. Well, no, they're talking to Microsoft That's on that. Right, exactly. Yeah. Microsoft so, are going to yeah, do it for them. <laughs> exactly. But the cost of actually bringing yeah. that in and supporting that, uh, don't pay that cost and reduce the price instead. So instead of coming up with a new way of doing things, it's going to be they more were profitable. costly. They were always profitable, yeah. right? Mm. So yeah, yeah, you're right. So, absolutely. Um, yeah. We solved Netflix's problems here, Dave. Well, we'd only <laughs> hope. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you see, here's another thing. They don't need to do this, right? The, the crackdown. Because if you're on, let's say, the middle plan, like I am, mm-hmm. right? The, yeah. the HD plan, which basically allows you up to two devices at once logged in yeah. and streaming. Yes, correct, yeah. So you're already cracking down in a way, aren't you? You are, yeah. So, you're not having, like, so I'm not handing it out to all my buddies and we're all watching it at the same time. Yes, correct, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, It look, mm-hmm. well, anyway, look, I'm, I'm sure they have experts who have run the numbers and the simulations on this as well. Experts, so, yeah. Experts, yeah, but listen to this. these two experts here <laughs> on the Tech Post. Yeah. <laughs> We are experts, Dave, and experts in our field. All right. Okay. <laughs> right, Dave, had you a few things that you, I saw on the notes there, you had uh, passed uh, a few did, things over I did, to I me there. I think I so. did pass a few things over yeah. to you. For one, Google might be going back into the augmented reality space again. Uh, you you remember Google Glass and uh, mm. kind of failed, really kind of fell in its own Yes, indeed. Pain. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> well, apparently they're going to be doing something else now. The media have kind of dubbed it the potential Google Glass too, but there's yeah. no official announcement yet. So the name, yeah. the form factor or anything like that is still, it still eludes us. And it might be a few years before it comes out, but it is something to watch out for anyway. And, and what they might decide to, where they might decide to take it this time. Because you know, Google, they have a history of throwing things in the wall, see what sticks. And, yeah. uh, Quite a lot of it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. So, and then they cancel it a couple of years later. Right. So, yeah, that, that could be a bit of a bit out anyway, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. So, Dave. Mm. And the other thing I saw that you would put in the notes here was about Ford using new battery tech. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. some new lithium something or other battery tech that will. Um, lithium iron phosphate. That's the battery. one. All right. Okay. Go. So, um, this is their attempt. They, they want to really up the amount of um, EVs that they're shipping. Yeah, up to 600,000 a year or something, yeah. yeah. And simply because things like um, nickel is like shortage prone, as Mm -hmm. they call it, um, that um, a lot of the the rare uh, metals that are out there are being used in batteries, that they're they're talking about these, um, the lithium lithium iron phosphate batteries, Mm -hmm. which is a new technology, which they're saying will also allow them increased production capacity. And mm-hmm. it will also retain the li- or in, in longevity. Or yeah, longevity. Yeah. That's the word yeah, I'm looking for. Yeah. So that years later, you're still getting 
almost a full charge or a full full yeah. capacity out I, of your I battery. I can't imagine it'd be perfect, but it, mm. anything is an improvement, right? Yeah, 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 and it should increase the range as well of mm. the actual EVs. So that is going to be interesting to see how this works out, how the, these yeah. new batteries work out. Dave, just before we go, mm-hmm. I have two last things here as well um, in my notes. And um, one of them is that... Uh, FileCloud, who are an enterprise file sharing and content collaboration software, have committed to, they've chosen uh, Limerick for their HQ and R&D center. Wow. So the CEO of IDA, Martin Shannon, has has, uh, quoted him saying, FileCloud's decision to establish its EMEA HQ and R&D center in Limerick is terrific news. The addition of these 50 technical and commercial roles in Limerick City will have a positive impact on the Midwest region, creating opportunities for employment, third level collaboration and R&D. FileCloud is also a welcome addition to Ireland's growing emerging business cluster. So uh, they were founded in Austin, Texas, and um, they now have operations in the USA, Brazil, Dubai, India, Philippines, and Limerick. Excellent. So great news for Limerick on that one. And also then, Tree Ireland have announced 175 new jobs at their um, Castle Troy base as well. Um, So that was only just a couple of weeks ago they announced that. So yeah, so that's great news. Um, 175 new jobs over the next uh, four years in their customer experience center in Castle Troy. All right. So brilliant. Brilliant for Tree and for Limerick as well. So Dave, we have run out of time again this month. Uh, So thanks again for joining me and um, come back again next month for all that's happening in the world of tech. And uh, don't forget to spread the word. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Um, If you if you enjoy listening to us and uh, you want to give us a rating and review, uh, please do so and share it amongst your friends. Let them know to listen into the Tech Post on the Limerick Post podcast and tune into 99.9 FM every weekend here in Limerick City. And you can get us online on lccr.ie. And any questions, any problems, any advice you need, techpost at limerickpost.ie. And we'll be back again soon. So, Dave, thanks very much. And uh, let's get out of the heat and uh, into the outside heat. (laughs) See ya. Bye. Tech Post is brought to you by Limerick City Community Radio 99.9 FM every weekend and in association with the Limerick Post newspaper. It also goes out as part of the podcast feed from the Limerick Post where you can get this show and loads more great shows. Please give us a rating and review if you like this show in whatever podcast app you use. Don't forget you can get in touch with us at techpost at limerickpost.ie if you have any questions, comments or suggestions or if you'd like to be featured on the show. Team music is by Dylan Flynn and the Dead Poets and you can get their great music on Apple Music and Spotify and production assistance from Eric Fitzgerald.